Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. So we are in a, a teaching series right now called Empowered as we are looking forward to the day of Pentecost coming up on May 28th. And we are spending well, somewhere around six weeks, I suppose, talking about things related to who the Holy Spirit is and what He does and what happened at Pentecost and what we might expect. And last week we talked about, I just called it the ministry of healing. Kind of the short version is that Jesus calls everyone who follows Him to join Him in bringing wholeness and healing by the power of the Holy Spirit to the brokenness of people, including physically, you know, physical healing, sickness and disease and other, you know, all maladies, but also emotionally, spiritually, the whole person. And then at the end, we practiced it, and we had people stand up around the building, and I don't, it looks like maybe some of the people that were here, maybe a bunch of the people aren't here again, but some of you might be, and I thought maybe you had some stories, because you gathered around and prayed for people, and some of you might have been experiencing God working through you like you hadn't before. Some of you had some sorts of healing stories. It looked to me like there was a lot of activity, and I wanted to give you a moment. And I know Tia had one, but anyone else you wanted to share a quick story of what you experienced last week? It's encouraging to us, but Tia, could you start us? Anyone else? Get in line. Morning, family. Morning, Tia. So last week, I, uh, for most of the week prior to church, I was held up in bed at home. Um, I went the week before and after church that morning, all of a sudden, I couldn't walk on my foot. Um, Monday, I had went to the hospital. There was a bone spur on my heel. They wanted me to stay off it. When I came last week, I was still in a lot of pain um, in my foot, and uh I had a few people over here, uh, Michael and Tommy and Irene praying, and, and Miss Erica. <clears throat> As uh, they were touching my foot and praying for my foot, all of a sudden my entire foot went numb, um, which was weird. It wasn't like a tingly numb. It was just like I couldn't feel my foot. <laughs> hmm. um, after church, it was all right. <clears throat> I came back Sunday night and got some more prayer. Uh, Pastor Ron actually prayed, and I didn't get to tell you because you left, but, um, so You should never leave. (laughs) You should never leave. (laughs) What I missed. (laughs) So, Pastor left, and it was cold, so I'm I'm outside with Harry and and, uh, Stephen and everybody, and I'm I'm doing this because I'm cold, and I'm like... Wait a second. (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm like, I don't even feel, I didn't even feel it anymore, so... Did you say it was a a bone spur? Bone spur. And you, bone spurs hurt. Yeah. (laughs) And you didn't even... did I, don't, it, I don't even feel it anymore. Like, I think the day before yesterday, I could sort of feel that it was there, but it wasn't painful. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for taking away pain. So that was cool. So good job, people that prayed. I, you know, I wonder if we hadn't stopped and prayed for her if she wouldn't have gotten better. What do you think? I have a feeling if no one prayed, nothing would have happened. Just my guess. So the, the, the goal is that you all are just so crazy about believing that God wants to use you to bring wholeness to people that it will be hard for a limping person to get out of here without you offering at least to pray for them. Go ahead. What's up? What's your name? Good morning, church. My name is Caleb. Caleb. And uh, Love you, bro. last week, um, Pastor Ron was up here and he was speaking about giving instructions about how to pray and, and what, what steps to take in order when you're praying for someone. And the week prior to that, I was asked to come up to the front and like pray over people and nothing really spectacular happened, right? But when I was standing in the back, another gentleman and myself stepped over to pray for someone around our age and um, we did as Pastor Ron instructed. We invited the Holy Spirit in. We asked for specifics on what to pray for. And as soon as we laid hands and we invited the Holy Spirit in, instantly, the person we were praying over started sobbing. Wow. Just crying uncontrollably, right? 
And so the way I perceived that was that the Holy Spirit was moving through us and doing what he's supposed to do, you know what I mean, and providing comfort and cleansing to this, to this gentleman that we were praying for, man. And it was an experience like I've never had before, wow. you know, and because um, I'm fairly new to the whole praying over people and, and stepping out in faith and, and doing what's instructed, as Pastor Ron was saying, and as the Lord says, and the experience that I had was, was like, unlike anything I've ever had before, you know, and um, wow. And I'm sure that the other gentleman could attest to that. It was a beautiful thing, right, Murphy? It was a beautiful thing, you know? Um, and, uh, and just stepping out in faith and doing what the Lord asks and, and following instruction, you know, he, he doesn't fail us. We're, we're not going to fail. Don't, and, like, I, I heard Doris up here a couple weeks back saying, don't worry what it looks like to other people. Don't worry what you look like to the world. Just step out in faith and do the work of God, and everything's going to be all right. You know what I mean? Everything's going to be all right, and that's my testimony. Thank you. Caleb, the reason I'm cracking up laughing is because when you start talking, you sound like an old school preacher, doesn't he? Doesn't he sound like put a mic in front of this brother because he's got something to say? Woo! Take your place. Hi, Jennifer. It's good to see you. Good morning. Good to see you too. Can you, hey, camera people, is it okay if they're standing here? Can you see them on Facebook? It works okay? Okay, you're good. Wherever you're comfortable. I'm, I'm fine right here. Oh, good morning, Grace family. Wow, do I have a testimony to share for you. He did say brief, so I'm going to, let me just see if I can make this really brief. Hallelujah. Um, so many of you, I don't know if you've noticed, but I hadn't been here for about a month. And um, I received a call that my mom was in the ICU. Well, first, she was in the emergency, and then they checked her in, and this is about 12 hours north of here in Redding, California. Um, she had pneumonia, and they moved her from emergency to the ICU. And uh, it was sepsis pneumonia, so her body was Ooh. shutting down. Um, and she was in respiratory failure. So she was basically um, fighting for her life. And um, my husband and I, uh, we drove overnight to get there. And she was in really bad condition. Like, I knew getting there that it was, it was really serious. And um, some of you know that we lost my brother last year. Um, so she had been dealing with a lot of grief. We all have. And it just, that kind of contributed to it. And um, so when I got there, she was in really bad condition. Thankfully, I put some prayer requests out on Facebook. And I know those, we have friends all around the world. And people have been praying for us, for our family and for my mom. So... I ended up being in Reading for 23 days. My mom was there for 25 days. I would be in the hospital like 10, 11, 12 hours a day with her, watching her fight for her life. A week after her being there, she had a heart attack. So it was like another hurdle. And um, just, just, I just want to thank you guys for all your prayers. We were able to get my mom transferred here last week to see um, doctors at UCSD. It had been a, such a battle. There had been no beds there. She's not been able to keep food or fluids down for over a month. So she's been, yeah. So since she had the heart attack, she really needed to take these medicines, right, to help her with uh, her heart. But she's keep not able to keep much down. So it's been very, very serious. But I just want to tell you how faithful God is. In the hospital, on the toughest days, God would bring, like, the whole staff of Christians. People would just come up. When I needed a hug, I would get a hug, like, in wow. the gift shop when I needed a break. Or it'd be, like, her whole staff, like, everyone's Christians. Or the case manager that just said, you're a believer, aren't you? And I said, yes. And he said, can I give you a hug? Like, when I needed a hug, God would give me a hug. On the worst day, God would, he would give me hope, like, his tender mercies are new every morning. On the worst day when my mom was so sick, I made it back to my dad's house that night, and I just cried myself to sleep. I had, was just exhausted from caregiving and advocating for her. Do you know that not only did I have a good, restful night, but when I woke up in the morning, it was the most beautiful day. The sun was coming, just peeking through the blinds. I could hear the birds chirping outside, and there was a breeze, and there was chimes. So you could hear the birds and the chimes and the sun, and I was just like, wow, on the worst day. 
like God's tender mercies are still new. And that day, every staff, her night nurse, her morning nurse, her case manager, her social worker, everybody, doctor, people that I, they were all Christians. Like God had just put all this love in the path in the midst of where it just seems so bleak. And so we were transferred here last week. So mom, she's in skilled nursing and she's been in and out of UCSD. She was admitted into Tri-Cities. And last night, we got her out of uh, the hospital. And just so you know, my mom is sitting in the back over there in the corner. (laughs) That beautiful Islander woman over there, like she is still here. She is still here. Like God is so, so good. And so I would just want to ask you if you please pray for her today. Like, she still isn't able to keep the food and fluids down, but look, she is still here. God is still here. She's still here, and there's a reason and a purpose for you to be here, Mama. God wants to heal you fully and restore you. Bernadita, she goes by Bernadette. Laura, we pray for Bernadette right now. Thank you that she is alive and even with us. Thank you for the experience of your presence right now. We thank you that you're a healing God and we're petitioning you. Bring healing upon her. Restore her heart health. And we pray that you will restore her ability to keep fluids down, to keep food down, to receive the medicine for her heart. Restore Bernadette. Restore her health this day. Let her leave this room more strengthened than she came in. Thank you for your kindness and mercy, Lord. We love you. Bless her. Amen. Thank you. Can I share one last thing? Of course you can. So I missed the sermon. I was here last week, but I I got up to use the restroom, and I, I never made it back in. That's never happened before. So I missed the healing sermon. But let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. I had a sister come out to check on me because wondering why, knowing what I was Where going is through. She? Where is she? Where's Robin? <laughs> Where's Robin? Thank you. God bless you, Robin. And then all of these amazing, I had four or five sisters that came. And even though I missed the sermon, God was doing the healing I was exhausted. I hadn't even had one day of rest. I went to church. I went to Bethel every Sunday when I was there and then went straight to the hospital. But I never had one full day of rest. And let me tell you, I was just so exhausted. And the enemy will try to get you when you're exhausted. Yeah. And I just got refreshed and encouraged and loved on. And that is how amazing God is. If you're going through something and you're normally the prayer warrior or you're normally the one that's helping it's okay. It's okay if you get tired. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to let others come on your behalf. We, sometimes we need to remember that. We've got to allow the Lord to do what he's going to do. But I'm so blessed to be a part of this church family. And I just want to thank you, sisters. That just encouraged me so much. God bless you. God bless you. I'm so honored to be a part of this body. I love you and thank you. And I just thank you so much for all your prayers. Awesome. Thank you. We love you, Jennifer. Hey, Murphy, are you in here somewhere? Would you, you, you still tell, are you willing to tell that story? You don't have to. Okay. Uh, isn't it fun to hear stories of God at work? So this is my buddy Murphy, and I was at Jesus' party that you might know about on um, Friday night, and he shared a story, and I went, oh, that's so good. I, I think the church would like to hear that, too. Yeah, Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, my name's Murphy, and uh, I have a spiritual healing story, I guess, that's kind of in the making right now. Um, I had a, a guy at work come up to me on Tuesday, I think it was, and he's, he's dealing with some rough things in his home right now, uh, in his marriage and his relationship with his wife. Um, but he's been going through these super gnarly attacks in his mind with these thoughts, um, you know, and he's trying to read his Bible and he's trying to pray and he's trying to do all these things. And he's telling me that basically he's coming under attack with these really wicked thoughts and they're basically, um, 
you know, preventing him from drawing near to God. And so we started talking, and uh, he's telling me that basically he's he's been exhausted lately with his, his, his marriage and his newborn baby is keeping him up at night. And I started praying for him, and I was probably praying for like three minutes, and I looked up, and he is asleep. <laughs> and I That's of, effective prayer. <laughs> I, I kind of chuckled a little bit, uh, and, and then, you know, it kind of came to me, and I was like, well, you know what? The Lord needs to give him rest. You know, just like Jennifer said, like, we, we all need rest, right? <laughs> and uh, so he, he, like, something woke him up. I don't know what it was. Uh, but he was, like, jerked his head up and looked at me, and he felt kind of bad. But, you know, I was like, no, man, don't feel bad. Um, you know, the Lord wants to give us rest. You know, he wants um, those who are, are worn out to come to him. And, uh, you know, he promises us rest for our souls. And, you know, I, I told him when, when he's coming under attack from these things, you need, to, you need to tell them to leave, you know, because, you know, this is his home, and he feels this demonic presence in his home. So he comes to me to work the next day, and he goes, I did, I did what you said, and I told these things to leave, and they just left. Come on. He, he spoke to them, and he, he spoke the name of Jesus over these demonic things in his home, and they just left. All right. It was amazing. Um, so if you could pray for him, his name's Christopher. Um, you know, there's like a lot of healing that needs to be done in his marriage and in his household and in his life in general. Um, but if you could just keep him in your prayers, that'd be awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Good job. Lord, we pray for Christopher right now. Thank you for the work you're doing in his life. Thank you for giving him an understanding of his authority as someone who has the name of Jesus. We pray that you bring healing to him, body, soul, and spirit. Restore his marriage. Give him now an ability to read your word that he said he was struggling with and hear your voice. Lord, we want to hear stories of how he had his life turned around, his marriage turned around, his family turned around because you brought healing. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wouldn't it be bad if I like leaned over and fell? <laughs> well, I'm in the right place for that to happen. You guys would be like, let's lay hands on this guy. You guys, what a, great, what a great group of people you are. Good job on praying for each other. I, I mentioned last week that it's just my, for years, prayer, these words, Lord, let us be an army of healers. And I, I think that's happening. Yeah. If you missed it when Steve was doing the announcements, he said that on May 27th, there's going to be a Jesus walk. And the point of that is for us to get out in our community and just walk along the, the strand area, the coast area there, where there's lots of people. And you heard stories before. In fact, I think I put them on our YouTube channels, just some of the testimonies, where in that environment, we have an opportunity to connect with people that need a touch from the Lord. And in many instances, we'll ask if they would like us to pray, because we'd love to pray over them. And they'll say yes. Remember, Michelle told a story of little kids, like 11 years old, 12, older, teenagers, okay, on their knees weeping on the pier as they encountered some people who were on a Jesus walk, which wouldn't have happened if they didn't encounter those people on the Jesus walk, right? It wouldn't have happened, but it did happen because they showed up. So a lot of the work of ministry is right here, show up. Right? That's, 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 you know, show up and, and a lot more can happen than if you don't show up. Anyway, that's a plug for the 27th. Meet at 10 a.m. at the Oceanside Parking Structure, which is right there on, like, Seagaze and um, Tremont, that kind of corner. And they'll go from there. We'll go from there. Hopefully I can make it this time. I was out of town last time or at a, probably a rugby game for my son. Anyway... So, we're going to open the Bible.
and do some more teaching and training. This week, um, I'm talking about another empowered topic, and I called the, the talk for, for, I always need a title. You know, it, for when you put it on Facebook Live, you have to give it a title, so I have to come up with a title. And the title is Prophecy, Hearing, and Sharing, Encouraging Words from the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you in a second a scripture reference for why I chose that definition, so to speak, of, of prophecy for what we're talking about today. Prophecy is really larger than that. The gift of prophecy and the ministry of people that are called prophets, and, and there's so much to talk about. In fact, I, I, when I was preparing, I thought, I wonder if I just open up the book of Acts and look and see examples of prophetic revelation. So I just started at chapter 1, and, and I just stopped. I like wrote down a little note each time I ran into prophetic revelation. By the 16th chapter, I had a whole page of 24th times that the Holy Spirit did something prophetic, and I just thought I'm not going to go any farther. It was so normal for people to experience angels speaking, the Holy Spirit speaking, dreams, people giving words to each other, prophets speaking. Just the work of prophecy was so normal that it was definitely more than one time in every one of those little short little chapters. And remember, a chapter is like a page in Acts, right? So it's pretty normal. But I want to tell you, to get your mind going around something, a story that um, I don't even know if it's true, but it works anyway like a parable if it's not true. But I heard it long ago. I looked for it this morning. found it. It's on some website. And it's an old story about a man who lived in Europe way back a long time ago when the only way to get to the United States was on an ocean liner. So there weren't flights yet. And he wanted to come to the United States. He didn't have much money, so he saved up his money to buy a one-way ticket. And he filled up a suitcase full of cheese and crackers so he'd have something to eat on the, um, was it, maybe a couple-week, I don't know how, oh, three-week journey. So he got on the ship, and every, every time there was the meals, he'd see all the people heading into the dining hall on the cruise liner. And he'd go in his little corner and open up his suitcase and have cheese and crackers. And sometimes people would invite him, why don't you come to dinner with us? And he'd... He was embarrassed that he didn't have enough money to, you know, go into the, to the dining hall with all the rest of the pastors. Finally, one man at the end of the cruise came up to him and said, you know, I just have to ask. I notice every time the rest of us are in there eating. And, and by the way, the guy was like smelling the food, thinking, man, that looks like a party. I wish I could go. He, and he, he said, why do you sit out here um, eating cheese and crackers instead of joining us? And you know, the guy was embarrassed, but he's like, you know, I only had enough money for the ticket. So I couldn't make it to the, to the meals, so, so I brought all this cheese and crackers. And the person talking to him was stunned and said, didn't you know meals were included with a ticket? Hello. <laughs> I think sometimes we Christians, followers of Jesus, don't know what's all included. There's a lot included with the presence of God in my life. I'm not a pauper with a suitcase full of cheese and crackers trying to make it to heaven, hoping I just make it to the destination. A lot is included with the ticket, <laughs> including someone called the Holy Spirit who empowers us to do things like Caleb described, new to prayer, I think I'll try this, Praise a simple prayer, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to the person? Suddenly something happens and the person's weeping, and I don't know what all transpired, but there was an encounter because it was included in the ticket. <laughs> because if you are someone who has said yes to following Jesus, you experience something called being born again. Jesus said a miraculous thing would happen. You can read about that in John chapter 3. You read the whole story and... This guy's like saying, you know, I, 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 what do I do? And basically, Nicodemus and Jesus says, you know, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And he says, like, what? How could I be born again? I'm an old. I really won't fit inside my mother's womb again. And Jesus says, no, no. 
Um, you need to be born spiritually. You need to be born from above. Well, how is that? Jesus said, you know, I'm going to go on a cross. That was the, the end of this chapter. I'm, when people look to me in faith, when I go on the cross, that's how it will happen. So when you looked in faith to Jesus' death and resurrection, you were born again, and you received a person called the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The Bible is very particularly clear. Anyone who's in Jesus has the Spirit of God. But many people do not, how could you could, might say they're not activated in what they have. And so sometimes we, we pray for each other for a fresh infilling or a baptism and uh, an immersion. And they experience more of the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit in their life. It's more than cheese and crackers. So, in, um, in today's talk, I want to start with this scripture that will show you where I came up with the title that I just gave you, and we'll see it there. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul the Apostle is writing to a church of Christians. Uh, we don't know how big this church is. It might be like just like our church. A lot of small groups probably in homes is how they met. They probably in Corinth didn't have a central building. Maybe they met occasionally. At times we know in the book of Acts that um, Paul would rent a large downtown place like this and do teaching. In fact, every day he did teaching in Ephesus for three solid years in a local lecture hall. So they did have large gatherings. In Jerusalem, they would meet together in the temple area and all the courtyards, and then sometimes they'd also meet you know, day by day in their houses. Probably something like that if you want to get a picture. And, and Paul writes to them about prophecy. And he is, we'll hopefully get to the, the bigger story where he's talking about love and prophecy and spiritual gifts. But here's what he says there. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Could you just pause and read that again? Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Paul instructs Christians to eagerly desire prophecy. You may have missed that in your journey. You might have thought that's for weird charismatics, but it's actually for weird Christians. <laughs> For anyone, it's for normal Christians too. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, um, and we referred before to the, this gift of speaking in unknown languages and praying in unknown language. Anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him because he's not speaking in a language you understand, so he utters mysteries with his spirit. And, and later on, if we kept reading, Paul would say, you know, it's... So if you're going to do that, you should pray that you interpret the tongue so that people can understand what you're saying. But, but for today, here's the focus. But everyone who prophesies, here's where I get the, the definition for the title. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and for their comfort. So I'm, I'm talking with us today about the reality that you have available to you, I have available to me, a gift of the Holy Spirit to be inspired by Him to give you a word that came from Him for encouragement, for comfort, for edification, or just to simply say to hear and share encouraging words from the Holy Spirit. Um, but, but just let me emphasize the first verse. <laughs> Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. What would that look like for you to eagerly desire spiritual gifts? You'd probably pray and ask for them. There's a start. You'd probably take some time to learn about them. You'd probably try it when you're not sure. You'd probably look for opportunities. This is, this is a call for you and me, an invitation. Uh, it's not quite like last week when I talked about healing. I showed you that healing was built right into the Great Commission. Over and over, Jesus tells people, his followers, you go, you preach the good news that I'm here, that the kingdom of God is available, and heal the sick. We read that over and over, and we saw how in the Great Commission, we are called to obey Jesus in doing the ministry of healing. I don't hear that strong kind of language in the prophecy thing. 
Not like you're disobeying if you don't prophesy, but there is a sense that you are invited. You have, it's included in your ticket. You know, come into the dining hall, enjoy this. You're going to like this, and it's a great way to express the love of God. I, I just kind of say in passing, there are a number of other aspects to the gifts of prophecy and revelation besides just encouragement. Um, there are, for example, prophets in the New Testament. I don't know if you knew that. You've read about Old Testament prophets. There are New Testament prophets, and it's good to know that it's not the same thing. When you hear someone saying that they're a prophet or they're working as a prophet, they feel they're called to that, they're not like Elijah or Jeremiah or Nathan. In the Old Testament, prophets if they said they were a prophet of God and they misprophesied, they got it wrong, they, they were a false prophet, the, the deal there was they had to be executed. <laughs> and that's not the way it works in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's expected, it's expected in the Bible that people who prophesy will occasionally get it wrong. So it's not a surprise when they occasionally get it wrong. In fact, in um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians where we're reading a little later, he says, verse 29 of verse 14, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge when you're gathered together. Let them discern, let them judge if that was from God or from not. You'll see that, by the way, occasionally sometimes here, someone will give what they think is a word and you'll see and feel a response in the whole room of everyone going, yes, amen. Other times, occasionally someone will say they have a word and it just falls like a Led Zeppelin and no one is saying Amen. Have you ever seen that? And that's a judgment. It's like, ah, I think you missed it there, brother. But try again because we love you and keep trying to hear from the Lord, right? That's, that's how it works in, in the family. Here's another place. When Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, he says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. And I think he says, don't treat prophecies with contempt because sometimes it can be really... <laughs> You feel like treating them with contempt because you meet some kind of crazy people that feel like they're prophets. Have you ever maybe run into that? Well, don't treat them with contempt. Just don't, don't hang on to everything they say. There are also prophecies um, besides the ones that are just for encouragement that bring direction, sometimes warning. Here's a story, Acts 21. I'll read this to you. Uh, Paul and his team are on their way making it to Jerusalem. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea, and we stopped at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. That's one of the seven people that did that ministry in Acts chapter 6 for, for the feeding program, if you remember that. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied, or actually uh, the, the Greek says they were prophets, and uh, the language, if you just pull out your Strong's Concordance, if you know what that is, a resource, it says they, they were the kind of people that hold the office of prophet, like what you'd read about in Ephesians chapter 4 for those that are kind of Bible students. He had four daughters who were prophets. After we'd been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, coming over to us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. So a warning prophecy. Um, when they heard this, we and the people, so Luke's writing, he said, everyone, you know, the gang said, please, Paul, don't go. We pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And you'll read more fully that he knew already. The Lord had already told him, trouble's coming in Jerusalem, but you have to go and you're going to stand before Caesar. So when we would not be dissuaded, he gave, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. So there's a warning, a prophetic voice. It turns out, by the way, that Agabus didn't have all the details right. This didn't exactly happen like he predicted, but it did happen that Paul was arrested in Jerusalem. So it was a prophecy in part. And in this case, Paul discerned and combined it with what God had already been speaking and didn't take the instruction that Agabus said, don't go, because Paul was supposed to go even though there was trouble waiting. So you, you see, it's not like super clear. There's some testing, there's some asking, there's some discerning. That's how it works in the New Testament. Uh, here's another example. Um, in present day, um, on April 19th, 2018, I remember a very specific event. I was at the Fry's house. I think Shannon's here today. I saw her earlier. 
Hi, Shannon. I was at their house in a small group. We were worshiping, and while we were worshiping, Shannon had a vision. And many of you know the story, but some of you don't. It's worth retelling. She saw a vision of me on an, like an open truck, four-wheel drive vehicle, driving rapidly and dangerously over large boulders. And she felt like he's unsafe. And she, and she said, when she stopped us after worship and said, Ron, I had this vision. We need to pray for you right now. I don't believe you're safe. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you need to stop and rest at the Oasis. This was April 19th. Shannon didn't know that on April 18th. I was at Disneyland on the Indiana Jones ride on an open kind of vehicle going really crazy fast over giant boulders, four-wheel drive kind of thing. She saw what I actually did on a ride. And what neither of us knew was that somehow I had torn an artery in my neck. I had a dissection of my vertebral artery for you medical people. And what she didn't know was that in, within 12 hours, that injury would send a spray of clots into my brain, and I would have, the following morning, less than 12 hours after they gathered around and laid hands on me, I had simultaneously three strokes in different parts of my brain from that spray of clots as a result of the injury of being on this four-wheel drive thing. So before I ever got to the hospital with three strokes, my family was laying hands on me, praying for me, before it even happened. And the doctors said I was a miracle. It wasn't like just super easy. I went through some stuff. I did have the strokes. I had some recovery period. But they, looking at my brain scan, said this is a miracle. There's no medical explanation for how well he's doing. And most of you that see me don't look, think that I look disabled, right? I kind of look somewhat normal. Jury's out. <laughs> You're like, well, Ron, I hate to tell you, but. <laughs> so, so what was that? That was a gift of prophecy given by way of vision. And it was very, very helpful. Um, also, just so I'm, I'm talking about other things besides just the words of encouragement kind of prophecy. Um, just kind of a little instruction. Some people are growing, some people are really gifted prophetically and they will see things and, and know, feel like they know stuff and believe that they're called then to tell people what to do, like with directive words. And that's not how we see um, prophecy working in the New Testament, in the body of Christ, in case you're starting to get things. So, for example, if you walked in here and said, you know, I, I just saw a vision, I feel like you're supposed to close down this church and only meet outside. It wouldn't be the case that I would say, well, God has spoken, see you next week outside. I would say, well, thanks for sharing. I'm going to take that to the eldership, and we will talk and pray and seek the Lord and see if that's confirmed amongst us, because the Bible teaches that the elders lead the affairs of the church, not a random prophetic guy that's walking by. So if you're a random prophetic guy that's walking by, you may indeed be hearing from God, but don't get upset if you give a word to someone and they don't do what you say, because you're not called necessarily to direct their lives. You're called to hear, and maybe you are hearing something about someone. Maybe you're even being aware of their sins, and God's not saying, so go and tell them. He might be telling you, I want you to know this so you'll go into prayer for them, right? So every time, if you're, if you're growing prophetically, it, it's not necessarily the case that you have to say everything you hear, okay? That's helpful, maybe, uh, growing maturity. So um, how are we doing on time? Okay, we can, we, I think we can pull this off. I am want to show you that I believe Gifting prophetically, in other words, hearing words from God, is available to every follower of Jesus. I believe everybody can experience this. Why else would Paul ask us to pray for it? But here's some precedent from the whole Bible, because we're a, a Bible church, right? Way back, a long time ago, around 1500 B.C. area, that's around the time, there was a dude named Moses. Remember Moses? He helped 
He joined God in bringing the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and forming a nation, the chosen people of God. Those people, like us, were very sinful. They were called by God. They were given the instruction of God. They disobeyed God before God even finished telling them his instructions. Over and over, there was so much stuff, judgment. One day, Moses is like, oy vey, God, these people. And he's like having this conversation. I can't handle it anymore. There's just too much. And God tells him, okay, gather together 70 of the leaders, and I'm going to take from the spirit that's on you and put it and share it on them so that they together will join you in leading this massive people. And here's what happens. Verse 24 of Numbers 11 Moses went out and told the people what the Lord said. He brought together the 70 of their elders, had them stand around the tent. That's the tent where they did worship and meeting with the Lord. Then the Lord came down in a cloud, wow, and spoke with them. And he took of the spirit that was on Moses and put that spirit on the 70 elders. This is so cool. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. However, two men whose names were... Cool, Eldad and Medad. I would like to be Eldad and Medad. I wonder if they hung out together. <laughs> What's up, Daddy? And rema- they remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they didn't go to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses. It's like he's telling on them. Edad, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. <laughs> So, but apparently he was bumped. Joshua, the son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since he spoke to him and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? And here's the sentence I wanted to get to. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Moses wanted and perhaps saw what would come later that the prophet Joel, many years later, would prophesy would happen, that very desire. It's fulfilled but restated in Acts 2, where we hear the story of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, the day that we're talking about that's coming in May 28th. So let me read that to you. How are you doing? Okay, so Acts 2, verse 14. The Holy Spirit has just come in power on a gathering of maybe around 120 people, that are in some, I don't know if they're in an upper room on a house where everyone can see them in, you know, downtown Jerusalem. I'm not sure how this worked. But anyway, there was a lot of noise. The Holy Spirit sound came, and there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And these people began to prophesy and speak in other tongues. And it's crazy this is going on. A crowd of people gather, and they're like, oh, I think they're drunk. What's going on? What kind of party is this? Peter, freshly filled with the Holy Spirit himself, stands up. And speaks, verse 14, chapter 2 of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice. The eleven, by the way, twelve disciples. Judas is no longer among them. He's, he's actually taken his own life. That's why there's eleven. Raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what, to I, what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what the prophet Joel spoke in the last days, so this is the prophet Joel, hundreds of years after Moses, hundreds of years before this event. In the last days, means we're in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So what's the target crowd here? All people, your sons and your daughters. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show signs and wonders in the heaven above, signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. Some will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This was news to Jews. Everyone, Jews and Gentiles around the whole globe who will call on the name of the Lord in these last days will be saved and I will pour out my spirit on all of them and they will prophesy. It's available to you and me to hear encouraging words from the Lord to share with others for their benefit. I think I can keep going a few more minutes. I've got a few more things to tell you. 
Are you guys still, let me just see your faces. You're still learning and you like this? Okay. It's bad if you look out and everyone's like sleeping. You know that Murphy's been praying and <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the comfort, the rest of the Holy Spirit. But you look like you're awake still. So. <laughs> uh, Paul, in that section that I referred to before, so 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talks about the way of love. And this is instruction for you as you're seeking to hear the voice of God. It's an expression of love. I will eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging, you know, cymbal crash. That's all I am if I don't have love. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, if I surrender my body to the flames, you know, under persecution, but don't do it with love, I gain nothing. Well, what's love, Paul? I'll tell you. Glad you asked. Love, it's patient. So when you prophesy, patient. Love is kind. If you have a gift of prophecy, it's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. Not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't seek itself. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not, love does not delight in evil. It rejoices in truth. It always protects Words of prophecy are to be given like this. This is the greater way, the way of love. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always loves, always perseveres. So I, I want to say this. As I'm inviting you to grow in hearing from the Lord, know that your hearing from the Lord for people is a love expression to draw people into the kindness and goodness of our God, to comfort, to strengthen to encourage. So, if you are seeking the Lord to hear words for people, and you hear something, and it isn't loving, it's not patient, it's not kind, it doesn't protect, it doesn't trust, then maybe don't give that word, just a thought. <laughs> don't beat people up with the hammer of prophecy. Love them and encourage them. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing, actually. It's available to you. Second thing, do it in love. Third thing, um, since this gift is for people, it makes sense that you're going to experience this gift and grow in it if you go get around some people and minister and pray, to, pray for them. Notice Caleb's story. When they prayed, then God showed up. If you would like to walk out this invitation to hear things from God for people, you need to get in environments where you are ministering life to people and you are praying for them. In the process of praying, you will experience God speaking. You get moving and God starts working. I, I wanted to test this theory on Friday night. I thought, I haven't really done a lot of praying for people in the last five days. So I went to Jesus' party. You know what Jesus' party is. Dustin and Nina Nelson lead this ministry on the beach by Lifeguard Tower 2 every, every Friday night at 6.22 p.m. And it's um, a place for worship and food and gathering and maybe uh, something from the Bible and praying for people. I thought, if I go there, I bet I'll meet someone. I bet I'll get a chance to pray for them. And I bet God will speak to me. I want to experience prophetic gifting. And I wasn't disappointed. I had at least two opportunities to engage in prayer, a blessing for someone. And immediately, the Lord showed me things about them, for them, to encourage them. And I won't go into the details of that, but just know, I tested it. It works. It was a blessing to them. It was a blessing to me. And frankly, it was fun. It's fun to know the Lord. 
It's fun to pray for people and see them get better. It's a blessing to drive demons out of people when they're being harassed by demons. I mean, it's, the, it's one of the kindest things you can do is get rid of demons. I mean, it's really nice. It's so kind. It's so kind to pray for someone with love and gentleness and hear from the Lord an encouraging word that builds, man, has it changed me when I've been down and beaten up and I get in a place where people pray over me and they have a word of encouragement that's from the Holy Spirit that has details that they couldn't possibly know, phrases and words that they didn't know other than the stranger heard from God to say something to me that tells me, I see you, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you. I'm going to tear down more walls, like we say. I'm going to do it again. Let's have the, the worship band come up. That was pretty simple, huh? Simple instruction. Okay, family, army of healers, add to your arsenal gifts of prophecy. And, you know, it worked really well last week. Let's do what we did last week again, if you want it. Um, for, let me say this first. If you're hearing me, you might be online or you might be in the room, and you've never yet told Jesus, you know what, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want to give you my life. Here's an invitation. Don't put that off anymore. Are you kidding me? How long do you want to live without God being in charge? You were designed to be living with him in charge, <laughs> providing the resource for your life. Guess what? You do not have the resource you need for good life. You don't. He does. Get plugged into him so you can have his resource. I mean, seriously, are you going to try to do this on your own? You were created by him for him, and you will find life in him. So if you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord, just quite simply, I want to ask you, look to him and say, okay, Jesus, I believe you did go to a cross for my sins. I believe you did rise from the dead proving you were God. I believe that you have life for me. I trust you and ask you take over. Take over my life. Fill me with your spirit. Get me started on new life in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.